In this episode, the experts look at the emerging negative developments in the global economy and how they will affect business on the continent. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. The Russia-Ukraine war is set to have serious implications for business stability in Africa. As uncertainty around the duration of the war continues, it's difficult to fully estimate the extent of the impact. Coupled with the new lockdown measures in Shanghai, this exacerbates business uncertainty. Baruth Farishka, economist, Africa Regions at Stanbic Bank, joins us for this episode. How should businesses on the continent navigate the emerging negative developments in the global economy? The thing here, and I think I'd like to start with this, is that the full impact and the scale of the supply chain disruptions caused by the Russia-Ukraine conflict and the Chinese lockdowns have not necessarily been felt yet. And, you know, this comes at a time when we emerging from the consequences of the supply chain disruptions caused by the pandemic and the subsequent lockdowns. So it would be worth highlighting at this point that the Russia-Ukraine conflict would the, the, the duration of this conflict would determine the, the full scale of the impact it would have on supply chains and prices. So given that hopes for a speedy end to this conflict are fading, uh, this doesn't bode well for dislocated supply chains and even production. So I think, you know, for businesses, securing supply of key materials, be it raw materials or intermediate um, capital goods, um, this would be key for them to succeed this year. So for us, and it is our view that we don't expect harsh public health care restrictions to be imposed in the near term on the continent. We believe that demand in many of our economies would start returning. So adding to, you know, this recent disturbance in the supply chain, we see that domestically demand should return, but at the same time globally, we building up his um, inventory from historic lows. So, you know, given these factors, they are bound to be price pressures, if not shortages. So there will be, um, you know, situations like we're seeing where there are fuel shortages developing in markets and um, there are shortages of specific consumer goods developing. And, um this is something that we're probably going to see more of in the coming months. But for me, if I had to think of the winners in this scenario, in this sense, I would say it would be the people that can restock and maintain stocks this year. What sectors do you see most affected, both long and short term, by the emerging negative developments in the global economy? Let's look at it in terms of the long and then short term. So, you know, a prolonged period of uncertainty and elevated geopolitical tensions does not bode well for the investment environment as a whole and could potentially delay investment into the continent. And this would have a broad-based impact. So when I say broad-based, it would affect most sectors. It could also, you know, affect the medium and long-term prospects of many of these countries that we cover. 
but more immediately, um, for me, a concern is the agricultural sector. In many countries already, fertilizer costs have skyrocketed and supply is patchy. So this could depress crop production in the upcoming harvest season. And this would already add to concerns that we have around food security, especially now that imports from or wheat imports specifically remain quite disrupted. And if you think of the agricultural sector on the continent, it is a mainstay for many markets. East Africa in particular, you know, Uganda being one of them. So a strong agricultural outturn typically boosts income. And this has positive spillover effects to the wider economy. And that becomes consistent with a strong economic outturn in general. So, you know, if there is a disruption in the sector, we typically see it um at, you know, headline level, but we also feel it in incomes. And it, it typically, um, if you look at the situation, it would take some time to resolve. So it's not um, something that can be corrected quite um, immediately. You'd need to start a new planting cycle and source a new fertilizer before, you know, you start seeing some correction in, in in that sense. Then if I look at the manufacturing and, you know, construction sectors, these sectors would have to navigate difficult supply chain challenges in the near term. And here we've seen prices of key inputs rising quite significantly. And with a lot of um, planned infrastructure projects, in East Africa and Uganda specifically, you know, a concern here is that um, rising uh, costs of building materials would probably result in uh, cost overruns on these planned projects. Then if I had to move to the services sector, I think here, you know, given our view around public health care restrictions, certainly this adds to the recovery of the sector. But at the same time, um, you know, economies that have tourism as a large part of their services value chain, these economies, the recovery in the sector could lag somewhat. And we say this because, you know, we don't believe that tourism would recover quite immediately. It is our base case that tourism starts recovering towards the end of the year and becomes more prominent next year. And this is based on the assumption that the pandemic continues its trend and becomes an an, an endemic. So here, you know, we have quite a diverse view of the um, services sector. But then if you had to go to the wholesale and trade sector, uh, I've made my points around the supply chain disruptions, and I think it would be a prominent feature here. But also another factor that could limit the vibrancy of the sector and the recovery that we had anticipated initially is that rising prices could really, you know, trim private consumption and weigh on the recovery and if you think of the the prices that are rising, it's fuel, it's food. So it's typically, you know, a large part of consumption already. So that's definitely a concern for us.
A quick look at the other stories making it into the podcast. The annual rate in Morocco climbed to 5.3% in March of 2022, from 3.6% in the previous month, reaching its highest level since at least January of 2008. Main upward pressure came from price of food and non-alcoholic beverages and transportation. On a monthly basis, consumer prices inched up 1.8%, the most since at least January of 2007. The International Monetary Fund has reached a staff argument to advance 28 billion Kenya shillings loan to Kenya as part of a $2.3 billion special drawing rights approved in April last year. The argument is subject to approval of IMF management and the executive board in the coming week. Upon completion of the review, Kenya will be able to access $244 million, bringing the total IMF financial support under these arrangements to about $1.1 billion US dollars. The amount is aimed at cushioning the country from adverse economic implications brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic. And a quick look at the markets. Stocks in Nigeria hit a 13 and a half year high. Now the NAC All Share Index increased to a 13 and a half year high of 48,536, stretching a gaining streak that began on April 7th, an upturn that could see even longer and sustained investors' interest if the outstanding first quarter financial reports by companies turn out strong. More cash poured into equities with volume increasing 40% over the figure for Friday and turnover at 22%. Lafarge Africa, Oil Jilla Oando and Nigerian Beverages and GTCO led the charge even though the pace of gain was muted by virtue of profit taking in some stocks. Market breadth, an indicator of investors' sentiment towards trade, was neutral as 43 gainers were recorded Against 16 laggards year-to-date, the index is up 13.7%. The Johannesburg All Share Index closed 0.7% up at 70,264 after four consecutive sessions of losses helped by recovery in commodity stocks, with the mining index up 1.1%. Still, concerns of the pandemic in China and a comeback of problems related to South Africa's power generation limited gains. State-owned utility ESCOM, which holds a monopoly over the country's power supply, urged consumers to cut electricity consumption after losing several generators over the weekend, which could result in more blackouts. On the corporate side, private hospital operator Netcare said its earnings for six months ended 31st March of 2022 increased between 85 and 9%. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial.